And we're back. Yeah. Another episode of the Dre and Des podcast. Dre, what's going on? Good, good. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. It'd be better if if uh, Alabama was playing LSU this weekend, but uh, just got it, it's been recent news that that game is postponed. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later in the show, but. Uh, of course, we have to kick off with uh, Michigan's uh, game on Saturday against the Indiana Hoosiers, who right. broke a 24-game losing streak against the Wolverines. And uh, Indiana is, is is looking pretty good. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off to you, man, to, to talk about just the game and your feelings on the game and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I mean, look, that stat is pretty self-evident. You know, a twenty breaking a twenty-four game losing streak. We only play an opponent once every year. Six <laughs> volumes. Um, you know, um, it, it, it's just it's another another bad loss for Michigan, especially under Jim Harbaugh's watch and his tenure there. Um, and we're starting to sound like a broken record, but, um, you know, I, I, we said last week that we thought the state game may have been his worst loss. I don't think Indiana is on that level because of the context of it. The, the context of the state game was literally it got beat by Rutgers the week before, who probably had been historically the worst Big Ten team ever, um, and with a new head coach and his home opener, barely any time with the team due to COVID and when he was hired, but then you got you know, Indiana, who historically, you've been way better. You're light years ahead of them as a program and you didn't look like you belonged on the same field. I mean, they picked you apart on both sides of the ball. Offensively, you couldn't run the ball at all against Indiana, which is nowhere near some kind of defensive juggernaut. Um, and, then off- and then defensively, they picked you apart. So, I mean, it was a total uh, team win for them and a total team loss for Michigan. Um, and so, uh, it's just, now you're just left with the question is, you know, where does Michigan go from here? Um, I think one thing that's pretty obvious is that this is not going the right direction. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just now, it's in the hands of the boosters and AMA, uh, Manuel, you know. Are you going to make a move and pressure Jim to, you know, look, let me, let me, let me put this out there. You're not going to see headlines. Jim Harbaugh has been fired by the University of Michigan. That's not how this is going to go down. In terms of parting ways, it's going to be a mutual type thing. Think Urban Meyer at Ohio State, you know, or Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. It's going to be, I want to step down. I, I, I want to do something different. I want to take a year off. Jim Harbaugh's, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is dumb a coaching per se, but um, I do see him leaving, you know, sooner rather than later. And, you know, it, th- this Michigan experiment is not going to last very long. And I think from Jim's perspective, too, I think Jim's a competitor. Um, I think he wants to get it done really bad. But I think you can see in his press conferences that this is weighing on him. Um, obviously so. And I, I just... It's remarkable that I say this every week. It's remarkable that we are where we are. It really it is. is. Um, especially this far in his tenure. Uh, if this was year two, year one, that's, that's totally different. You know, we're th- now we're we're looking at. You can look at silver linings then, even if you're not good. You can say, okay, well, look, Joe Milton is really raw, but I see flashes. I see potential there, right? But this is year six, man, and yet you you, you look like you're trying to rebuild a program. You don't rebuild a program in year six. You may reload, you may retool, but you don't rebuild year six in college. That doesn't happen. So I, I just, yeah, it was just another um, typical, you know, Saturday for Michigan, which they underperformed, ill-prepared, and inability to adjust to what the point is doing. Yeah, it's it's uh, there. There's a couple things that uh, that I you know took note while you were talking. But number one, I, I one one area I will k- 
kind of give I, I don't want to say give him a pass, but won't crush him on is is losing to Indiana. Like because I, I do get it. 24, you know, straight games is a lot. But if we look at the past five or six years or even 10 years, like Indiana has played Michigan tough, like every like every year. It's mm-hmm. rare that, you know, mm-hmm. you have a blowout against against Indiana. So whether it's, you know, right. they treat it like they're, you know, Super Bowl or their rivalry game or whatever it is, they do they do typically play you guys pretty tough. Um, yeah. But the, I, I think I think the issue with where Michigan is today is I think it's two things. Number one, I think the offensive transition came too late for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you're in you're mm-hmm. in year six. And this is only Gaddis' second year. So for the first four years, you tried to play bully ball and it worked for the most part. But then, you know, you ran into, you know, Ohio State, who is just rolling in a machine right now. And you couldn't do that against them. And when you couldn't do that, then you ended up with these, you know, lopsided games recently. But but even early on, it just you couldn't get over the hump because they had athletes that were better than you guys were. And, you know, bully ball doesn't work like that in the in the Big Ten when you're looking. I mean, in general, it doesn't work like that at all. If there's a, a team that's across from you that's just as good or better, you need to have something else, uh, another trick up your sleeve. And, you know, they didn't have that. So I, I think that has set them back. And then in, in Don Brown, like I, it's it's I, I just don't I really don't understand it. Um, just the lack of awareness of the type of personnel that you have the defensive backs that you have. Uh, I mean, you, like you have a just absolutely highly coveted guy in Dax Hill that Alabama wanted. And for a second, he had flipped his commitment uh, from Michigan to Alabama. I think it was in the midst of like some rumors of Harbaugh, you know, taking a different job. And then Harbaugh came out, made a statement, said he's staying. And I think this was, I think two or three years ago now, but um He's a true sophomore. So, so I think it was, it was yeah, two years ago. So, you know, and then, so for a minute he flipped to Alabama, then he went back to, to Michigan. But I mean, you, like it, I, I just don't, I don't and understand he's no it. bust, by the way. I, I mean, like he's clearly the best player on their defense. I mean, he's, he's everywhere. I mean, he's a very, very, very talented kid. I don't think he's some, you know, highly rated kid who Michigan somehow got and turns out that he was overrated. No, you know, he's, he's, legit. Legit. he's legit. He is. He is. But it, it just, you, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, because part of it is, is like, okay, you had Ambry Thomas uh, opt out of the season, which is fine, but you're also not going to sell me that, that Ambry Thomas is Derek Stingley Jr. Like he's not. Well, he he's not. He wasn't rated as no. a first round pick corner. I mean, it's, please. So I it's mean, not like you're losing. No. You know what I mean? Like a a, a top flight, like a Patrick Peterson or or Honey Badger. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a guy who has that type of impact. That is one Dude, cornerback. Dude, and I, I know it's Ohio State. Okay, I won't. You know what? I won't use Ohio State. Maybe that's that's probably unfair. They got the best defensive back school, and, yeah, especially and, recently. And, 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 Heck yeah. Yeah, especially recently. But fine, I'll say MSU in their prime. I mean, how many really good NFL caliber corners or just not NFL caliber good corners that MSU had under D'Antonio? I mean, from Dark Quest. Trey Wayne, yeah, Dark Quest. Remember Johnny Adams? Yes. Johnny Johnny Adams was excellent, really good college corner. Undersides were really good. You know, him, Dark Quest, Denard, Trey Wayne's, uh, you know, uh, what's got Lane, Josh Lane? Who was the kid name? He He just left. Last year or two years ago, Lane. I know his last name is Lane. Jalen Lane, Josh Lane. Yeah. Like it, it. But anyway, you know, uh, I think he plays for Pittsburgh now. Like the point is, is that, it, you know, and those are all really good corners. I think maybe one of them was first round pick and Dark Crest Sennard. Everybody else was like second, third. My point is, is that it's not like, you know, it is for one. Lions. That, we'll get to them in a second. Like, it's not like you see corners taking the first round that much anyway. So, it, you know, it, it's just the corners that that leave even the top tier, it's not like you should have this huge drop-off. I mean, look, youth is very important to corner position because I think it's the toughest position nowadays. NFL and college to play is a very tough position because you can't be too handsy. Um, and so – Inexperienced guys will be exposed, but it's up to the coaching staff to recognize that early, 
okay, we have inexperienced guy, right? So we need to create a game plan, but also practice as much as we can on what these guys can do now. You know, we we can help work on their technique. We can fine tune those things, but also we need to be in tune to the now. And okay, are they ready to handle? The, the exterior, the man to man, and uh, that Don Brown wants to be able to do, and they can't. They can't do it. And so, and I know um, that on Saturday they tried to mix in some more zone concepts. They still got exposed. But to me, I think that's because guys just aren't used to doing it. That, if I was to guess, I just don't think they, they practice it a lot. And now they probably practiced it last week, but it's like they haven't, this hasn't been a staple in Don Brown's defense. So they're trying to, you know, do something on the fly and guys have had a lot of repetitions and practicing and stuff like that. And now they're trying to fix it. Um, because one thing about playing zone is that it stresses the importance of tackling even more. Yeah. Right. Because essentially you try to got you a, a really good zone defense tries to force turnovers. But if you can't force a turnover, you essentially want to have the receiver getting the ball right in front of you or you want to be in a good position in which the receiver is getting the ball as you're getting to him so either you not deflect it you knock it out or if he catches it you get a sound tackle am i am i right by saying that like it's yeah it, it, there's a there's a couple zone coverages that um you know it, it usually you want to prevent the big plays is is usually right. the goal like if you're typically playing like a cover four a cover three uh, you're you're trying to Vertical. right. You're trying to 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 keep everything in front of you. We want to keep four or three guys very deep. You know, deeper than the receivers. So if a guy does catch the ball, we have someone there to to come up and make a tackle and and make a play. Um, to me, it's more asinine that whatever training camp that we had, and I get it, it was not a typical one, but. The like you mentioned, you you feel like based on what you see, they don't do it a lot in practice. It is asinine to me that you just have played man coverage nonstop, and these guys do, are not comfortable doing anything else than that. Like, th- yeah. like what type of preparation is that? Like you, so yeah. you you went through practice after practice, week after week, with no backup plan of what if plan A doesn't work. Like that that's what that's what you did. And as a head coach, Jim Harbaugh, you let Don Brown coach that way. And you, you just you let that happen. To just to just be like, well, we're just gonna play man coverage. All right, cool. Yep. I feel good about that. No matter what. Even though like it 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 you've already had games and experiences where that didn't work for you. And Ohio State may have been an anomaly, but nonetheless, like you need so are you not preparing for that game? Because I know Ohio State prepares for it every every single week, prepares for Michigan, even though they're not playing them that week. Like so, it it just it it's asinine to me. And Jim Harbaugh made a comment in the in the post game that um, players need to do a better job of trusting their fundamentals. And he and he had mentioned some other things, trusting their technique, so on and so forth. But my thought was, number one, what you're try you're to me. And, it, and, and maybe I'm being cryptic. Number one, you're trying to blame the players for the for the loss and, and taking things off of your plate. But indirectly, you're saying they're not. Executing. Right. And I'm, but I'm like trusting their fundamentals. That's your job to do that. It's your job to coach them to the point where the fundamentals come natural. That is literally your job. And you want to sit up there in that press conference and say that the player they've got to do a bet. Like, I just I don't like that at all as a head coach, for you to you try think- to pass the buck on these players. Because defensively, we so can be me, very on, clear about it. This, this is your fault. You just touched on something. Hold on. You just touched on something that I just want to – I'm not about to go on a, a rant. I'm about to throw you a question because so you, you're rolling right now. Do you do you think – do you put any credence or any kind of uh, – uh, do you think there's anything to like this notion that maybe Harbaugh runs his program too much like the NFL program? Mm, that is that's possible uh because my thought with that would be you know these guys are grown men let them do their own thing let them manage their schedule so on and so forth but i you know because that's kind of how you do in the nfl it's like hey here's a schedule you're late for meetings we find you like that like it's it's cut and dry like it's pretty simple um 
But I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I is there really but is there really I mean, yes, I'm sure there's teaching in the NFL, obviously. I mean, that's why you have coaches. I mean, but it's like do do guys improve their technique when they get to NFL or do they just improve? Well they like, from you, you get stronger in NFL. But do you really improve your technique in the NFL? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, you do. Because you got to think of it this way, um, right? So if a guy comes out of high school highly rated, right, he gets to college, like he's he's got to change his technique to fit like the college style now. Like in high school, it's like, eh, they, you know, it's, it's not, it's not as big of a deal to be handsy in high school as it is in college. And NFL, they take it even higher at another level. You know what I mean? Like, so I, so I think there is, um, in a, in a, I guess a, a situation I think about is a couple of years ago, I think it was three or four years ago. If you remember after the chiefs and the chargers played Tom Bahali was on the field after the game with Joey Bosa teaching him some techniques. So they were like out there for like, you know, I don't know, a couple minutes or 10 or 15 minutes after the game where Tomba was showing Joey like some different techniques to help him get to that next level in the NFL and then Joey actually did it to did a similar thing to someone else like this year. Um, but I, I say that to to say I'm sure Joey Bosa was coached pretty well at Ohio State, but still needed, you know what I mean, some more help on technique at the NFL level, you know, at taking a step to that next level. So I, I still do think they they uh you improve your technique um, you know, in the NFL because it, it's just you have to have more you know, more, more bullets in the gun, so to speak, like as a, as a receiver, more experience yeah, it, yeah. Experience as well. But as a, for instance, a receiver, like you can't, you, you're not going to get away with just having one release. Like, Oh, I do the same thing every time. Like you'll get, you'll be dominated, you know, and same as a corner. Like you can't, you know, even though you may press a guy, you sometimes you'll be up in his face and you won't jam him. Sometimes you're in his face and you do jam him. Uh, other times you'll bail right away, you know, different. So there, there is different techniques and different things that you learn you know, the longer that you're in the NFL. But um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, to me, I would say that's not the issue with, with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh is that he, he coaches too much like well, a, like an NFL team. Well, you know, I think the most damning thing is that I just, I don't know what I'm watching on Saturdays. Like, where's the identity? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know the identity of this team, you know, like I, I, I don't know what, they they just and the, the announcer I can't think of the announcer. I think it, I think uh, oh I can't remember if that was Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. No, no, that wasn't okay. them. They didn't do the Indiana game, Michigan Indiana game. But you know, like the announcer, he he kind of uh, mentioned like you know Michigan just seems like a team is playing tight and out of sorts. And that's exactly what they, they they look like. And you know what? That pulse is gone. That that goes from the top down because their head coach is like that. Their head coach Jim looks tight he looks tight he looks uh flustered he looks like he just you know what? he looks like he doesn't know what to do that's how he looks like he's like man i just don't know like he looks like a guy and i have no proof of this just based other than what i see the results in the field and i'm pulling from that uh and i don't know the behind the scenes of course but it's like like he looks like a guy who's run out of answers like he just doesn't know like he came to michigan with what he is known to be successful for him. And he went to Michigan and he tried to apply it. And it worked to a certain extent. Uh, but then he couldn't get past a certain hump, right? He was able to get to Michigan and with good talent, he was able to be really, to be good. It wasn't great, to, but to have a good program for the first two years. Um, he was there. He went nine and three, well ten and three, if you include the bowl win. And then he went um, ten and was it eleven and two? No, he went ten and three the next year, because um, they lost the last. You know, they lost their bowl games. But um, now I, I, I just it, and he banked those teams on you know pro style man ball, hard ball, you know the typical thing. And I criticize it to a certain extent because I'm like, the goal is to get at Ohio State's level or really close. 
And one thing that was evident was like, okay, you got to fine tune some things a little bit. And to his credit, he's tried, but I, I think you brought up a good point earlier, Des, in that I think he did it a little bit too late. Um, and now he's just playing catch up. And it's just the results aren't happening quick enough. And now I think that it's just like a domino effect. It's like I think I think the results are impacting recruiting. I think it's impacting confidence within that program. Um, and I just think it's like, you know, it's just not a good situation. Um, you know, and, and maybe if Jim Jim could have just been hard headed and maybe he would have done the Wisconsin route, which is he stuck to because maybe look, it Wisconsin and Michigan trace places and Michigan and Harbaugh kept his style that he stuck with that he brought to Michigan, maybe they have Wisconsin results, right? I mean that 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 could be argued. Now that's shoulda, coulda, woulda, maybe it's not reality, but you know. But see, the tough part is Wisconsin's ceiling is not a national championship, not with not with how no. they do things. I would say Michigan has the potential to win a national championship, not. It's based on right. the resource. Right. No, I, I get it. And brand name. No, I understand. I, I'm just like, it, I'm trying to figure out how did this go off so gone so bad over the last couple of years. I, I think uh, I think a big it, part of it is it, because even if you look at Don Brown and you know his his failures as a defensive coordinator, because to me, you're not a good defensive coordinator if you just dominate the really bad teams and you get destroyed by the really good ones, like to me, that's not a good D coordinator. So you can, you can give me the stats of 2016 and, and you, all this stuff. You can give me all those stats. That doesn't mean you're a good D coordinator. Cause guess what? You play Rutgers every year. You play Maryland. Uh, you play teams that are bad, like offensively. So I, I, Cincinnati. right. Well, I mean, Cincinnati's pretty good now, but, 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 they're playing better now. Right. But at the time, they were so. Uh, so I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to give you credit. He's like, oh my gosh, Don Brown, man, he's so good. But when you play a, a really good offense, you know, in Penn State or Ohio State, that you that you don't even give your team a chance. Like, you're, that's not a good a, a good D coordinator. But nonetheless, even with that, I think if Harbaugh from day one had a, 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 a Josh Gaddis, and I and I after this. And I'll let you respond. I kind of want to get to something else, but uh, Gaddis related. I think if, if he had a, a, you know, a forward thinking kind of, you know, transition uh, as far as offensive coordinator from day one, I think he would be in a better spot. I think Michigan would be. I think they, they you know what yeah. I mean? Because now you're in year six of this of this uh, style. And, you know, really, I look at it because, um, you know, with Nick Saban in Alabama, like, I mean, 2013-14 is when is when Alabama made that transition. You know, it was it was spread formation wise. We still ran the ball a lot with Derrick Henry, but nonetheless, it was it was still a spread, you know, a spread offense. So I think if 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 from day one he would have come in with the foresight of where college offensive football was going, that you probably would be in a different spot right now. Possibly. You know, just to kind of put a, t- a wrap on that one, you know, I'll just say that, you know, sometimes in life, timing is everything. And maybe when this thing ends, we'll look back on it. It will say the timing just wasn't right. You know, like the timing of Harbaugh getting to Michigan. Maybe if Harbaugh gets to Michigan two or three years earlier, it takes off, right? You know, maybe the, you know, maybe just the timing just wasn't right. Time of him making a change, time of him, you know, of everything. So, We'll see, but sometimes things you think are teed up perfectly, just like people who start a business, and it just doesn't work out. You can have a great idea. It seems like this is this is a kit miss idea, surefire, you know, opportunity, and it burns out or it falls flat on its face, and and this could be one of those situations. Yeah, but so, that's that's also bringing chance into the the equation as opposed to Jim Harbaugh's decision making. So I don't I don't want to let him off the hook yeah. with that. Um, but one thing I did want to bring up is I don't know if you remember. Uh, so in 2018, Josh Gaddis and Mike Loxley were both co-offensive coordinators at Alabama. Um, and in that year, Alabama had a really good offense. I think that was two a sophomore year, like, you know, lit it up offensively. They were number three in the country. 
And they there was like this media spat like back and forth with Gaddis and Loxley because Loxley is now at Maryland is the head coach there. He got there last year. Yeah. Yes. Baby TT, baby TT out there balling. Um, But they but they they had and I don't know if you remember it, but Gaddis had a press conference where he talked a little bit about kind of, you know, game planning and like what he did at Alabama. And then Loxley had kind of responded. I think Loxley may have started it, but nonetheless, like they were going back and forth, like in like separate press conferences. So like Loxley would have one and be like, yeah, well, I called the plays at Alabama. And then Gaddis would be like, well, you know, you like prove it. Essentially, you're like, oh, I did the game plan. You may have called the plays, but I did the game plan. Then Loxley like came back at him. So this kind of went like a little tennis back and forth for maybe three or four times. And then they just kind of squashed it. But I bring that up to to just look at the point of where Maryland is today offensively. Like last two games, like like you said, ripping it up um, with their offense. Um, you know, to his little brother, Talia, is like playing really well. Um, you know, last two weeks he's been, you know, I mean, one of the better quarterback performances of the, you know, of the week. And, you know, with the offensive play calling for Michigan, like, do you, do you I guess with 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 seeing both things at this point, like I'm kind of siding with like maybe Loxley was the one calling the plays and the like game planning. Like, I don't I don't know. But that that was just pretty interesting to me because I remember when Gaddis got hired, I was very excited for Michigan and, and we were you know, we had talked about it. Um, because I'm like, dude, like he, like he's legit. Like him and Loxley did a great job. Like I think you guys are gonna like. I I think this is what Michigan needs. And to to look at it now, it's just like, man, like it it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like the, then again, it's not like you know, in terms of weapons, um, that Gaz has had like a guy, the signal caller being ready to handle an offense like that. Um, you know, and I, I think Joe, like, I think it's early for Joe. You know, some people, not a lot, but I saw some people on Twitter every now and then, you always going to have your trolls saying that this kid sucks and he, he's not. I'm like, it's his third start ever. I stick with it, and I have no problem pulling the plug once I feel like I've seen enough. I think, I still think Joe has a lot of raw tools, but the thing is, keyword, raw. He's very, very raw. But see, um, I get yeah, and I, and, I, and I agree with that. Like, Joe is young, just now really getting on the field. But his ceiling is there. The ceiling is there. I, I've seen it. But my issue you. is, is, is I there. get it. Like, last year, you still want to put your effort, your focus into your starting quarterback. He should have played last year, though. Well, nonetheless, Josh Gaddis should still be coached. He should have still been coaching Joe Milton. Like, that should have still been happening. Yeah. It's not. It's not as if, like, just because you're the number three or two, that the coach just totally ignores you. Like you still get reps as well. Like so, I yeah, but I don't think that's a problem. I I, I just think that I don't think it's the play calling as much as I think Joe just it's not he's learning on the fly. Like I I I think that you know his he he has to work on his progressions down the field. He has to work on his touch. You know, and and also too, I will say this, and I don't normally like to do this, but Back to back weeks, and especially this past Saturday, Michigan that tied in all two, they had the drops syndrome. They they dropped a lot of passes, um, you know, and, and they they gotta fix that. Um, because even when Joe finds them a few times, they're not catching the football, and um, that that that's an important part. And it's part of it. It's a team game, but it's one of the things too. Like you know, you gotta catch the football when it's delivered to you now and I, but on the other hand like some of those like even if Joe throws it accurate he has to work on it put a little bit better of a spin on the ball like like I said the raw tools are there I just think Joe is raw man I think Joe is raw he reminds me of a less prepared Cardell Jones less prepared Cardell Jones in terms of he has Cardell's size pretty close to it kind of has that same cannon but and Cardell was even raw himself he just like that's the difference between an Urban Meyer and a Jim Harbaugh. They was able to really, really for a short run uh, use Cardell's strengths. My but, my only uh, though the the only issue I have with 
what you just said and all of that, everything, I agree with what you said. My biggest thing is, is learning on the fly is something for a true freshman who gets thrown in. Like Joe has been on campus. He's been in meeting rooms with Josh Gaddis. He should know this offense. Like, I, I get it. Like, everything's not going to be perfect. You think it's the offense is the problem, though, Des? See, you're saying knowing the offense. I mean, he, he can know the offense, but you got to be able to execute the play. And that comes from repetitions in game. I mean, you can practice as much as you want to. You can split the – hell, you can split uh, repetitions with the starting quarterback. But live speed and execution – it's a totally different animal. You know that. And look, everybody can't be TT coming in in a national championship <laughs> not playing pretty much and ready to go. Well, even TT you know wasn't ready man? to go through some picks, and he's calling run plays and throwing the ball. It was it was, it was, was a little shaky for a little bit there, but he he, he yeah, definitely I mean, had it. Like, he had the juice. can't be like that, man. Like a, lot of people, like, a lot of kids, like, when they first get, you know, get their feet wet, I mean, some, like, take a minute, you know, especially, especially the kids who are wrong. You know, like, and he's one of those kids who are raw. Like, they're very, very talented, but raw. That's true. Um, and look, I just think that, you know, I, to this day, if you were to, you know, have McCaffrey, Shay, um, and Joe in a, in a basket said, okay, who, which one of these kids has the highest ceiling? I think we'll both say Joe Milton. Um, he's probably, he's definitely the, probably the less polished out of those three, but he has the highest ceiling. And, um, I just think, see, that's where you got to have the foresight to be like, you know what? Last year, Shea Patterson shouldn't have been starting. He should have been benched. And you should have went with either Dylan or you should have went with Joe and let that be it. But they didn't do that. And now you're a year behind. Anytime that you go through a transition with a new quarterback, um, it, it's going to, it, it, it has the opportunity for your year to be a little bit shaky. The problem is you better damn well make sure the rest of the the positions and sides of the ball are where they need to be six years into your program, and that's still a mess too. That that's an issue because even when the prime D'Antonio, they had two down years when they had quarterback transitions. One year when they got Andrew Maxwell as a starting quarterback, and then one year under uh, I think it was Tyler O'Connor. Who, who was is the, it uh, O'Connor or Lewerke? Yeah, no, no, no. Lewerke took over. So, oh, yeah, it was. Before, yeah. At the cousin left, it was Maxwell, then Connor Cook, and then between Cook and Lewerke, it, there was Todd O'Connor. Like, but MSU still had really good defenses. You know what I'm saying? They they, they, they were tied. They had an identity. Even the off years, because their quarterback position was going through a transition. And and that, that's where it all come, comes down to hardball. But, look, if you got anything else when we're talking about Toronto, Michigan, we could do it. But we gotta talk about the uh, the 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 Detroit, um, <laughs> the Lions. Uh, one last thing I will right. say real quick on Michigan is they are one and two right now, and the rest of the season is yes. Wisconsin, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. I don't know if we beat Rutgers. I don't even know if we beat Wisconsin. Look, Graham Merck's made look so far. The Wisconsin Wisconsin Michigan games on. Wisconsin has to play in a couple weeks. But I can't. Even with that being said, you know I can't. I, I can't in good conscience pick Michigan to win that game, even with the circumstances. Y'all, y'all in trouble. I mean, and, and it's prime time again. Maybe, too. maybe you know what? Maybe your issue is you guys just need to be on prime time. Maybe, the, maybe that seven thirty oh. kick is your. Is, that's your deal. That's your spot. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Maybe Minnesota just wasn't that. Good. Uh, that maybe looks Minnesota. like it might be correct. Penn State's not good either. I, I think I think Penn State is a you can you can you can pen that in, not even pencil. You can pen that W in. They are bad. Um, but yeah, that you guys got an interesting uh, slate coming up, man. Know, you man. you ooh one and three that'd be ugly. When the wheels find it, then oh the Rutgers. don't don't <laughs> dismiss the Rutgers. I'm, no, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. One and four. Ooh, you. And the wheels can fall off this thing, man. Like the wheels really can fall off this season because you, you have enough. You just have enough, uh, enough, you know, shakiness where it's like there's a lot of doubt around that program. I don't care what they say. There's a lot of doubt around that program, and those kids feel it. They feel it. you can tell yeah. when they play. They play. They're they're no confidence. Really tight. Everybody, and you've been there. You're a former athlete. At, when, when you're going through a rough patch as a team, everybody. Has that I got I got to do something. I got to mm-hmm. make a play. I got to do you know. And then you start pressing, and then that's how you make mistakes. You you don't 
play your technique correctly. You, you don't play as disciplined because you're trying to jump the gun. You see guys going off sides, which Michigan did countless times on Saturday. You know, like just trying to be a little bit too antsy and not relaxing and playing because you feel that pressure and that and that tension. So yeah, I mean, this thing can really go off the off the off the wheels. And one thing Harbaugh has not shown is that he's the type of guy that can really, really, really uh, steady a program, steady a locker room. He hasn't shown that ability. So who knows how this thing can go, man? Really? <laughs> yeah, I, only time will tell. Uh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about them. The Cubs. Hey, man, look, uh, Matt, Matt Stafford, you know, God bless him. I know he had a rough week being put on the COVID list, and then his daughter had a little accident. You know, thank God she's okay. You know, I think she kind of felt she fell off her chair and got a concussion, and Matt couldn't see them because, of course, he was quarantining himself because they thought he may have had COVID. He had a rough week, but all in all, that's no excuse for the way he played on Sunday. Once again, he had a terrible <laughs> Sunday. Two incredible picks. Throwing a ball in the hands of the line. It's like he has regressed so bad this year. And I, and I, that, that's why I can't even give Sunday – give him a mulligan for Sunday because it's like, dude, you've been playing like that all year. You've been turning the ball over all year. I, I think he's in bottom five in the NFL or he's bottom ten or something in terms of quarterback. He's been terrible this year. Um, and – we, we already know Patricia sucks. We, we already know that guys don't like playing for him. We all know that his defensive scheme is broken. Um, and then you, you, your quarterback, your star quarterback, you know, is turning the ball over the way he is. It's just a, a recipe for disaster. And they're, they're just – they're a bad football team. They're, they're, they're not the worst in the NFL. They're, they're not even average. They're a bad football team. They're a bad football team. And – Unfortunately, Des, they're still going to have the opportunity to win some pointless games these next couple of weeks because of teams that they're playing are just as bad. You know, you just don't know what to expect. Um, it's it's just it's it's bad. I'm 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 not even well, sad, dude. I'm like watching the games. I'm just like, yeah. You know, I, I I mean, Dalvin Cook ran wild. I'm not surprised. Uh, our run defense is bad. Uh, we have a first-round draft pick uh, that we drafted a couple years oh. ago in Jared Davis, who doesn't even play. Doesn't even oh. play. Uh, yep. That's that's. Yep. And Akuda, look. Let me say this about Akuda. Damn it! Like, look, I, I, I'm trying not to be too hasty. Bobby, damn man, he is. And I know they didn't. The rookies did not have a normal off season, but man, he is for for one to be third overall it's, it's already saying something but my god his, he his bad. here here's the issue with okuda his calling card in college was playing man coverage that's what we do I know. That's what we that do. is our offense like so he's just he's so this is why you don't draft a corner at number three this is why Tua should be our our backup quarterback right now or justin herbert or someone else anyone else but Des, he doesn't even look like honestly, and this one I'm, I'm trying not to get caught up in the moment because there's a chance that the kid can retool himself this off upcoming off season, and he can become a staple in this defense. The keyword staple doesn't mean great, but staple in this defense, which you already have before Darius Slay, he's never won anything still. Anyway, uh, he was an All Pro corn. He wasn't just a staple. But I digress. Um, it's a chance that he can correct some of his flaws in his game. And there, but there's also a chance that he could become D Milner. That's another that's another potential. I mean, that's that's real. Yes, absolutely. He could be an absolute bust. You talk about <sighs> absolute disaster. You pick a corner at number three. Joe Burrow goes on to be a star. Chase Young goes to be a star. Uh, Tua goes on to be a superstar. And Justin Herbert. So you got probably the next ten years is a chance. Let, let, let me take this picture out for you. In the next ten years, uh, the All Pro you could probably have three All Pro quarterbacks chosen in the top five with Tua, Burrow, and Herbert. Probably, uh, actually, I, it's not even a probably. A guarantee, unless an injury happens, Chase Young is going to be an All Pro defensive end every <laughs> single year. He's already been very good this year. And there's a chance the way Akuda is playing, he may not even be on the roster. <laughs> I'm serious. No, no, no. He's been that bad. He's been that 
that. Like, it's an absolute disaster. Okuda doesn't even look like a second-round corner. Like, he looks bad, man. He looks really, really bad. And I, I don't I, – I'm trying to be fair to him. But thank <laughs> God. It, it, like, I don't when, – and when I watch him, I'm not constantly thinking third overall. I'm just thinking about I'm, he's a first-round pick. That's how I'm looking at him. And yet I'm still like, damn, he doesn't look good. <laughs> Yes, I, I, He's for throwing. me, week two, Green Bay, I alarm bell, the sirens were going off for me. I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's Devontae Adams. I understand he is one of the best route runners and best receivers in the NFL, but you weren't even close, man. You weren't even close. It was, it was awful. It was really bad. Uh, it, it, in, in, you know, you, you kicked it off with Stafford and I'm just looking at his completion percentage for the games of this season. So dig this. He go here. These are just his completion percentage numbers. 57%, six, 60%, mm. 70%, pretty good. 54%, 61%, 69, 57 and 71. Dude, that's just, I mean, just, you know, zero consistency. Shocker. Um, I, I, you know, it's. He hasn't nah. been good. He, he's been, I, I'll, say, I'll say he's been bad. He's been bad this year. I, I, I don't, I mean, and that that's one thing, man. I mean, and that's just like, I, I try not to talk about ownership because, like, my grandfather and a lot of people, a lot of Lions fans, oh, the Lions never went to the floor or sell the team. I never talk about ownership, not because I don't believe that's true. There's some some truth to that. It's just I know it's never going to change. The force will never sell the Lions, so it's pointless to bring it up. However, it, it, it's one of these moments where it's like the Akuda thing and Tua. It's like it, it, that is a direct ownership uh, 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 mm-hmm. result because the, if she went ham, it was fine that you put. I, I didn't. Think, I don't think you should have brought Patricia back, but it's fine that you put a stipulation and all. An ultimatum that you better get into the playoffs and be in contention this year, but you gotta have the understanding if you're gonna do that, you also need to make sure you're plugged into what's going on for your team. Is that if you have an opportunity, you put these guys in a situation where they're going to be acting selfishly. So you have to also make sure that okay, I can't trust them to be making the best moves for the overall health of my franchise, right? So Sheila Hamp should have made sure. Look, you have. I think it was seventy million. They had a ton of cash space going to this offseason, mm-hmm. past offseason. You have sixty, seventy million dollars in cash space. You have a decent amount of draft capital. I have one however, the first round pick. I want if that kid from Alabama is there. I don't know what's his name. Toa Tomoa, <laughs> uh, whatever his name is. Wherever, I know the kid's name. I'm just yep. saying it from their perspective. I want that kid. You better draft them. Other than that, you guys do whatever you want. But I want you taking that quarterback. And what they're right. gonna say, no. No, they can't say no. So that 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 that's those one of those few things I put directly on shooting happen to for ownership. That's terrible. And it's your fault. It's your fault that you're in a situation. And like I said, five years from now, Matthew Stafford may be playing football. <laughs> he sure won't be playing for the Lions since I hope he's not. And the other quarterbacks are lead are killing it in the league. Maybe one of them wins the Super Bowl. It can happen. We've seen it. We see Pat Mahomes win one on his rookie year, rookie deal. We saw Russell Wilson win one on his rookie deal. So it can happen. You just never know. You just never freaking know. You may see Justin Herbert win one. The Chargers got mm-hmm. a really young core. Well, who knows? Yeah, right. And, and to me, you when you make a statement like you know we need to see major improvement. Like you need to understand that your GM and head coach, they're not like you mentioned, they're not doing things to improve the the long term core of our team. They're trying to win right now to save their jobs. Like so. So knowing that, mm-hmm. like you, there are some decisions that that you need to make that do have that impact of the, the future of our team. Like for Stafford, like he he at the end of this season, he's going to be in a prime position long as he doesn't just stink it up but nonetheless is going to be in a prime position to be traded like we can get out from under his contract right he is well respected around the league with other gms other teams like so you have the ability to be able to trade him and start this thing over because i think it's clear that he's not taking us to a super bowl 
So in that, and that's where you step in and you come in and you say, okay, well, I have concerns about Tua's hip and all this. Okay, cool. I'm going to draft Justin Herbert at number three. Maybe you feel like it's a reach, whatever, but it's not a, it's not a Danny Dimes reach. It's not anything crazy like that. It's just like, uh, you probably picked them three spots too early, which really isn't a reach, but you have a guy for the future. Like if we, if we do trade Stafford at the end of the season, which I, this regime and this this ownership, they're not going to do anything that would really make sense. But we have nobody in waiting, nobody in waiting like we no. and, and guess what? No. Now what that does is give Stafford even more leverage. Like, number one, I already know the, the Ford family love him. And also, too, we don't have a backup plan. So there is, there is no young guy in waiting. So we decide to, you know for somehow hitch all of our, our horses to this guy when, you know, you look at Alex Smith and, and Pat Mahomes, like, you know, they, they drafted Mahomes when Alex Smith had a monster gear better than, better than Stafford. They went yeah. to the playoffs and, you know, so you're telling me Stafford's just beyond, you know, any, any, you know, we're off limits on drafting a quarterback because we have him. Like it, it's just it's a it's a joke, man. They still know what they're doing. Either they don't care or they don't know what to do, and that's both are deplorable and sad. Um, it, it's because in terms of not knowing what to do, it's like, well, hold on, it's not that di- like it, it's 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 very clear. Is my franchise going the right direction or not? Okay, are we winning? Okay, are we rebuilt? Okay, we're not winning now, but are we currently in a rebuilding stage or are we in a win now stage? Or we're the win now stage. And we're losing. Okay, something's wrong with the sauce. We need to make some changes. If we're constantly bumping the heads and we're become stagnated, something needs to change. Either we're good enough, our roster's young enough, where we're where we're ascending, where we hit a stopping point, and we need to make a make a move to go get better, or we've stagnated. Our roster is now on the brink of really they're all in their primes or any of their primes, and this is the best we can do, which pretty much is a lion situation. Okay, we need to rebuild. It's it, it's about paying attention, being plugged into what's going on, and not being reactive. It's being proactive and understanding. Okay, what are our options here? Look, there are different ways you can roll the dice. I mean, look, not everybody's going to be in the fields and uh, lowering sweepstakes. Only only two teams to get those spots, but there'll be other teams out there that will be looking for a quarterback. Some may be looking to win a bit quicker now than others. I've even seen an article on ESPN that Jimmy Garoppolo may be on his way out in San Francisco. Not because he's a bad quarterback, but they don't know if he's a difference maker. Who who knows? Maybe Stafford can fit in for San Francisco. He could. You know, they're in a win-now situation, and they, they may take the chance to do it. I damn sure trust John Lynch to do whatever needs to be done to make Matthew Stafford better. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate because they're not – they just, but you know, also all this. I heard this too, Des. Um, and this may benefit the Lions if they decide to rebuild, go you know, go into this offseason. That we don't know for sure if Lawrence and Fields are coming out. That is true. Like, COVID is kind of re- has re- I've kind of heard this lately. COVID has really kind of jumbled things around a little bit. And you know, who, who knows? I mean, especially because of who looks like it's going to have the normal overall pick. Nobody wants to play for the Jets, no, seriously. Like, like, and I've heard that. Like, if the Jets have number one pick, like, these guys may be like, uh, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> really, sad you're a Jets fan, but like, I'm just saying, like, nah. Like, what well, you said, you would I would like. I'd rather mm-hmm. go back to school to go get. Yeah, that I mean, if you're Trevor Lawrence, like, I mean, that's a that's a year of, you know, no real because you got to think. Notre Dame is my guess is I, I guess I'm forecasting the future, but my guess is. Notre Dame's going back to their independent schedule. So you're probably not going to play them. So you're going to have a cakewalk again in the ACC and you're going to go to the playoff again. Like Dabo's bringing in another good class. Uh, I know DJ Uyunglele is balling out. So like, you know, but no, no uh, Trevor Lawrence will be fine. He'll get his time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think for a lot of your success. And I think he oh, might be there, man. Like, why wouldn't you? He, like, I think he like legit. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Um, but you know, it, it a lot of it, your success as a quarterback comes down to your situation, and that's not a good one. The Jets are in an awful situation. 
So, you know, like I said, I, I think the Jets and maybe the Lions are the two teams that even Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields was a, as great of a talent they those two guys are. I still don't think those two could overcome just the mess that is Detroit and the Jets. I truly, I truly feel that way. Like, so see, I'm actually looking at the, uh, what is the draft order? I think as of today, it's Jets, Jacksonville, Dallas, New York Giants, and Washington. So that's actually pretty interesting. If the Giants or Washington end up at four and five, if they'd be willing to trade for Stafford, because I, I mean, unless I'm delusional, the Giants probably are ready to move off of Danny Dimes. And Washington has already moved mm. on from Haskins. So, you know, you never know. Washington would be a good fit. I mean, Washington has, I mean, that, that's a team with a really good deep line. You know, you trade for Stafford, you know, maybe use some of your additional capital, either free agency or draft, give him some weapons. And then you have a chance. Look, we can't, when we're looking at trade scenario for Stafford, we, and I know you haven't either, and I'm not. We can't look at it through the, through the lens of a Lions fan. We have to look at it through the lens of those teams. And when you look at Matthew Stafford from an outside perspective, you see an established starter. You know what he is. I mean, on, on most Sundays, he is a good quarterback. He is not great. And he would tend to make a mistake or two. But overall, he's going to make more – he's going to make more plus plays than he will negative plays. And in that case – I can win with that with the right scenario. I, I'm talking about from an outside perspective. You look at that, you're like, okay, I know he can play. He can play. You know, he's not some filler guy. He is a legit star in this league, but he is who he is. He's flawed. Just like Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is flawed, mm-hmm. right? He, he's a little bit better than Matthew Stafford, especially in his prime, but especially in terms of accuracy. But Phillip Rivers also – Philip Rivers has thrown 20 picks twice in his career in a regular season. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, but he's also, uh, I, like, I don't know. He just, he, he wins more than Stafford does. Yep. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, he's flawed, but he's good. So it's like, you saw, the, as soon as the Chargers let go Philip Rivers, you know, and the Chargers still had a decent winning r- roster overall, the coach picked him up and the coach are going, and, uh, they're in the mix. Yeah, they're, they're five and they're three. Also, they're Baltimore. I'm not sure if it's, they're five and three. They're in the mix. They're probably going to win their division. So, uh, it just, I, I it just success can happen to any team except the Lions. Like that, that's just what it comes it down to. But yeah, my point is that maybe look. I know you said that those two can't overcome the Lions, but if the Lions, maybe you get lucky, which they never are, and Fields and Lawrence go back for another year. You decide to rebuild, which I pray they do, and then you're bad next year, and then you get a top two pick. Who knows? But I think I'm just hoping the only saving grace I have is that they continue to lose, and you know we we it's clear to ownership that there needs to be a change, and we rebuild this thing, and not don't just don't have but it half acid. I'm just gonna say half acid, and don't and fire Patricia and Quinn. And don't let go of Stafford. You well, need you need a good GM. Top. That's that's what it, we need, and it needs to be. I, I am. Know, I am. I, oh, I need. I Lewis need Lewis Riddick, Riddick up in the, in, in in Allen Park. I need him there. Reddick oh my! Don't don't do that to me. Do not, because that would be a. I'm giddy just thinking about it. Wow. That yeah no, that's not gonna happen. Stop it. So it's it's just like. As soon as I get excited thinking about it, I have to just reel it in just kind of how I, I told you with, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, if the Lions had the number one pick, we'd do something else. Like I have to like I have to be forceful and crush my own dreams just like I did yours. Yeah, because that's all that's the only way it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, Louis, yeah, Louis Riggs, and he somehow convinces Airbnb and then he comes here, you know, and then we able to get some kind of young quarterback. The enemy's about to, he's about to be a head coach. The, I think, I think next, 2021, oh, yeah. he's going to be a head coach. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, the, the thing is, is that it, it's not where you are, it's about the situation. And it starts with the GM. If you can get a good GM here, who knows what they're doing, they can find mm-hmm. a head coach that you need. And then once you have that, that's the beginning of your infrastructure. 
and then you just need to find your quarterback. And nowadays, on most quarterback classes, there are one or two guys who can be starters. Now, whether or not they're great or good or amazing or Hall of Fame status, that will play itself out. But nowadays, on most years, you can find yourself a quarterback that you have a chance to do something with. Um, I mean, look at Miami. Look, what, what Brian Flores has done is that they were dreadful. Mm-hmm. But now they're building. And, 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 and to his first ever start, he goes to Arizona mm-hmm. and gets a road win. And they're on, they're on, they are ascending. I mean, the sky is the limit for the dog. The, uh, the, 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 the part that's, yeah. I mean, Miami's almost stealing because they're rebuilding, but winning during it. Like last year was pretty rough, but even last yeah. year, they had a couple big wins late, uh, beat the Patriots. And now, like, now they're stealing. They are legitimately stealing because, yeah. And they're in Miami, They're dude. five and three. They're in Miami. And I mean, second you, in the division. Like, they're stealing. Brand new stadium. Fins brand, up, man. Hashtag fins up. They are in Miami. Yes, fins up. I mean, uh, brand new state, Hard Rock Cafe, brand new stadium. You know, just had the Super Bowl there last year. Tua, Miami, South Beach. Palm trees, Jimmy Butler infrastructure. You got uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler. I I mean, dude, you're talking about like, like you you have the capital, you draft well, that's fine, but you will Mm -hmm. get guys to come down there. Guys will love to play. I mean, look, and then you're starting to see the change of the guard and just timing. I mean, look, New England is re. Like they're going, they're they're kind of going away a little bit. I mean, dude, they're going to have to prove, which they have not done in the first year, that they can win without Brady. And it's not looking good so far. The Bills are the best team probably in the division, but they're no world beater. I right. mean, they got their own flaws. And then the Jets trash. So essentially the Dolphins are the second, they're rebuilding and they're the <laughs> second best team in the division. Well, if you do it right, it happens. You know, if you do it right, it happens. If you do it wrong, you're the Lions. We'll see, man. I, I just it, it sucks, dude. You know it sucks. You go and like you're. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm gonna get upset thinking about the Dolphins because wow, why can we ever have a situation like? Because even dude, maybe we're just as recency bias. When let's go back to 2009, when when the Lions had Matthew Stafford, did we really have hope? Mm. I don't know. I think the Mac Millen stink was just kind of like that stench of Mac Millen was just like so strong. I don't even. I, don't I think we did because like that. at that time we had Calvin too, so we did. We did. Yeah, we yeah, definitely had true. hope. Um, you know, at that point, because really, you're like, okay, we got a we got a superstar wide receiver, we got a good quarterback. He's young. Like, I mean, it, it, it's kind of foolproof at that point. It's just like, dude, just get some pieces around those guys, offense and defense, and you'll be okay. And then 2011 happened where Stafford just went out of his mind. To me, that's still his best career year what? ever. Um, Was that 40 touchdowns and like 15 like, picks, something like that? Or 40? His efficiency was, it, it, I mean, it was really good stats, but like the touchdown interception ratio was really good. It was like over 5,000 passing yards. It was like 44 touchdowns. I, I want to say 12 picks, 13 picks. He had an excellent year. It, it was incredible. Um, and they, like I said, that's when him and it was Burleson, oh. Calvin, Pettigrew, um, Java Best was part of that team. Um, it, it was, they were just so electric offensively. Um, and their defense was really bad, but like offensively, they were so electric. And, you know, like, and that, that was the time where, yeah, and then we went to New Orleans, and that's when New Orleans was yep. coming. Um, and we lost, but we had hope then, but you're past that point. You know, you're past that point, and it didn't work. That era, a regime didn't work. You need a retool. And maybe one day you can have that scenario again, but you have to take the chance to do it and not settle. And I'll, that's my two cents. Uh, yeah, those days are gone now. So here we are. So, um, well, I'd like to say this before we wrap, man. I'm sorry that you won't get the chance to see. You won't be at the chance to beat up. We were going to destroy them. Call it what it is. We were going to destroy yeah, them. Huh? <laughs> We were we I, were gonna win a hundred and fifty to nothing. Yo, yo, you know yes. your guys were waiting for that game. He was like, oh, and honestly, part of me thinks that LSU <laughs> pulled a, a a Wisconsin and called this thing early 
Like, I, I truly think that because unless you like you, you've got to like I, I haven't heard the official report, but I think they only had two guys test positive. I don't really know, but we'll see. They I, I think I think they um, I think I think they were being well, conservative the on their, uh, <laughs> you know, their their thoughts on what they were going to do. And I think they called it a little early, but I, I think it kind of sucks because we already had the bye week. <coughs> Excuse me. And um well, we want you blood, want blood. And, and we're trying to, you know, <laughs> sharpen this axe so we can, you know, we're trying to build up to the, you know, to the to the culmination of the season. So that part kind of sucks, man, having, you know, two weeks out and and uh you're not, you know, you're you're not quite sure on who you're playing. So now I think we got Kentucky next week. So it's just, you know, having two weeks off, I'm like, yeah, I don't love that, but it is what it is. LSU ran from the smoke. Yep. Yes, twenty twenty. It's 20, uh, <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, it's 2020 for you. But uh, 